Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Um, hmm? Yes, you are. The Writer's Block Party Podcast. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Feel free. Count one okay. ready. It's the Writer's Block Party Podcast. Woohoo! Another week, another day. <laughs> Gem for your writing or your writing toolbox. I'm Prue Warren, representing the great ignorance of the world, and I am most ably led by my co-host. I'm Meredith Bond, and I don't know whether I'm leading you in the right direction. <laughs> you are. Oh, you are. You are. You're leading all of us. Those of us for whom this is new. Thank you, Meredith. Thank you, Meredith. <laughs> Thank you, Prue. <laughs> Number of times I'm sitting around going, oh, yeah, I wonder if Meredith's awake. What time, <laughs> what time is in Austria right now? Uh, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> your, your, your different time zone is protecting you from a lot of annoying questions, I have to say. <laughs> What's our topic for today, Meredith? Our topic today, Prue, is process, which is so much fun. I am fascinated by process whether you're a pantser or whether you're a plotter, whether you uh, use note cards or a program or um, a W graph or how, or worksheets or how you write. That's what the topic is. Well, I like the idea. I want to hear more about all of those things. How do you formalize what you're writing? That's okay. Okay. Do uh, you think there's one answer for me? For anybody? No. no. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, what's but your see, process? See, that's the fascinating thing is that everybody's process is different. Everybody works in a different way. Their mind works in a different way. Their creativity works in a different way. Even, you know, uh, some people are really good and they get up at like five o'clock in the morning and start to write immediately. And other people go through their entire day and then start to write at 10 a.m., uh, 10 p.m. And, you know, everybody's different and everybody writes differently. And I just, I think it's so interesting. Prue, when do you write? Okay. Uh, there should be, you know, there should be a single answer for that. I'm, I'm, I write when I have something to say. <laughs> I, I when are you to, most creative? Well, it changes. It varies now. I used to be a complete night owl. I used to, like when I wrote as a fundraising copywriter, I didn't even get going until 11 o'clock at night. Wow. Now my house is empty. Uh-huh. Now there's no one around to distract me and keep me entertained and 
Uh, and now I write in the daytime. Sometimes I write in the morning. You know, there's not a lot of constancy in my process yet. So I'm interested in this in this idea of creating um, sort of pathways in the brain that, that end up in creativity. But I will say that the one thing that is constant for me is I work on something until I reach a stumbling point. Mm-hmm. Then I go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning and about half an hour after I wake up, I have a eureka moment, right? Because I think my brain has been working on it all night long uh-huh. and it takes about half an hour for me to wake up. So usually it's sort of the teeth brushing time when I go, oh my God, what if she used the dog tranquilizers and the cookies and doped everybody up? <laughs> that was this morning's, that was this morning's eureka. <laughs> So as far as constancy of process, I don't think I have one yet, but I do, I have learned over decades to trust that just because my conscious mind is asleep, my unconscious mind is still picking away at the knot and trying to sort things out. That's all I, that's, that's my only word of wisdom. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. The answer is more sleep. (laughs) or exercise. Do I have Eureka moments when I'm exercising? Usually I'm too busy cursing. (laughs) You and I now take the uh, body dynamics um, balance class or cardio. Are you in cardio or balance? You're in cardio. Balance. You're in balance. And I spend a lot of time cursing. And the theory that I will come up with a Eureka moment you know, I, I, I don't. There's not enough oxygen in my brain for any creativity to go on. But does it happen after I finish exercising? Do I sit there for half an hour and let the panting slow down and then go, Eureka? Hmm. I haven't noticed that. I haven't noticed that. Does it happen for you? Um, so what I do, strangely enough, I don't know why, my creativity usually jump starts at about three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh-huh. I think it's when I'm tired enough to be, to ha- let my, my inhibitions down, but not so tired that I'm falling asleep. Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. The concept that your creativity comes once your inhibitions are down is a fascinating I'm thinking of like um, the the like Ernest Hemingway who was drunk the whole time he was writing. Exactly. Is that why? Maybe inhibitions. I think it could very well be because your internal internal critic turns off when oh. your inhibitions are down. Meredith, that is quite a eureka moment for me. <laughs> the process has to include calming down, not fearing that you're making a fool of yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. This is like so different from do you use a W chart or a note card, right? It's true. That's That's huge is to get the internal critic to calm down. Yeah. And also when, I don't know about you, but when I'm writing, I sort of go into a different mental state. So I'm not 
physically, mentally present in myself and in my space. My mind is elsewhere. My mind is in my book. And I'm not me. I am the character who is, you know, whose point of view I'm writing in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that is easier to attain. It's almost like dreaming a lot, uh, awake, right? And that's easier to, to get into when you're a little tired, right? When you're a little less prone to distraction. Yeah. So that is really fascinating. That is really, that is really fascinating. Um, now, that being said... I have learned to write in the morning because just out of necessity. Normally, my routine is to format or book coach and do, you know, sort of more analytical work or uh, logical work in the morning. And then I write in the afternoon. But um, as I was was mentioning earlier, um, this week, I haven't had any formatting or, or coaching work. So I'm writing in the morning and it's working. You know, it's interesting because when you're, when you're formatting a book, I imagine it's less so with writing coaching, but there's a right answer and a wrong answer. It's very much, you know, two plus three is five. There's no, yes, no, it's, it's logic, right? It's logic. And so your inner critic, there's no, there's no chance that you're going to second guess yourself. It's either right or wrong. Well, actually, that's not true because there's creativity involved in formatting as well. Do you like this sort of scene separator or that sort of scene separator? Uh, Does this look better in this size font or that size font? So but, there but, is some creativity. That's, that's oh no, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I've now implied that there's no creativity in formatting, and that's ridiculous. Uh, but it is very different kind of creativity than creating. Very, yes. You need your inner critic to be quiet in order to allow you to be God, the creator, within, <laughs> right. the, within the covers of your book. Yeah. <laughs> Process and the inner critic. That's, you went, you immediately went someplace I did not expect. Thank you, Meredith. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So once you've got your inner critic uh, calmed, mm-hmm. how do you start? How do you, I mean, you, not even, not even page one, talking about the weeks and months before page one as ideas are sifting. Like you're about to finish the ladies wagering with society. You're writing the last one now. Yes. So what lies ahead for you is a great big snowy field without a footprint across it, right? How how are you going to, how are you going to make your mark? What are you going to do? How are you going to do that? Well, actually I've already started. You have very organized. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I anticipate. <laughs> um, so I have anticipated the end of the series, naturally. Um, and I have already been thinking about what I want to write next. And so I've already started plotting out my next series, very, very roughly. Um, so what I wanted to do for my next series was another traditional Regency romance series. Although I might take a break in between and write a fantasy just because Mm. they're, they're fun. (laughs) I I have another fantasy series 
that I sort of add to every now and then. <laughs> um, but for my next Regency series, um, I'm, it's going to be centered around the Zodiac. So each book will be a different sign of the Zodiac. Oh, my God, that's a brilliant idea. So it's loads of fun. And actually, another reason why I got started thinking about it is because I love to plot with my husband. And so I needed oh, him awesome. to be, you know, free and mentally open and available to me. And so we we started plotting over the winter holidays when he had time off. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Are you going to have a gypsy and a didacoy in the forest who, who begins this? <laughs> is there a fortune teller? Is there, are there mystical elements? There, no, mystical, no mystical elements, but sort of the hint of one. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> but the, so I have a main character who is a matchmaker who will guide uh, whatever it is, 12 signs of the Zodiac, right? Um, <laughs> the fact that you're not sure about that. It's <laughs> pretty sad. Necessary. <laughs> um, but she will, she will um, guide 11 couples to, to romance, okay. to their the happily ever after. And the 12th the one will be her. 12th one will be her. Um, I think that's interesting in terms of process. When I was writing fundraising copy, when I was a direct mail fundraiser, um, I would present my case to my husband, who mm -hmm. bored rapidly, right? He did not care. So if I could keep him listening, I knew I had my lead. Right? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. That was, that was very that was very valuable. So I, I'm I'm I understand the concept of a writing uh, or a or creative partner. Mine was unwilling, but never mind. <laughs> um, easily and see if you can keep them interested. Yeah. Now, my husband loves to plot with me. He grew up reading reading Georgette Hare. Good boy. Good for <laughs> yeah. him. And so he knows Regency romance, and so uh, he he enjoys it. That's it's fun for him. This makes him a diamond of the first waters. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Okay. So once you've got your nugget, you've got your beginning concept, which is a big deal. And I don't mean to say it casually, but then what's your actual, what's the, what are the mechanics of how you handle that? Right. Um, I plot thoroughly because I am a plotter. Um, and I do so starting with my character's goal, motivation, and conflicts. Do you and use that that we talked about when we were when we did GMC on the podcast? Absolutely, you do. Absolutely. You actually pull out the you actually pull it out. Yeah, absolutely. I have um, a worksheet because I love worksheets um, <laughs> where I I ask I answer questions about the goal, motivation, and conflict, and what the um, the sense of urgency is. And um, basically what I'm doing is I'm filling in a W graph. And now, explain the W graph. Is this act one, act two, act three? 
Uh, no, it's four parts. So it's the instigating event, the first major turning point, the climax, the black moment, and the resolution. The climax comes before the black moment. Yes. The climax meaning the, the high point, the, the point of no return. I love your Joseph Campbell words. Would you give me the list? Instigating incidents. Yes. And then turning point. Then the first major turning point. Mm -hmm. And then then the point of no return. No return. Which is usually at about 60% of 50 to 60% of the book. Sex at 60. Then we have the um, black moment. The black moment, which is at about 75, 80%. I'm sorry, what'd you say? We can never be together, darling. I love you, but we can never be together. Exactly. And then the final point is the AGA, happily ever after. Right. All right. And depending on where my character needs to get to, then I can put in those, I know what needs to happen in order to get them there. And so that's how I plot it. The major turning points. And where are you? You're, are you writing down those major turning points on your worksheets? Yes. Absolutely. So when you, uh, when you finish with your planning process, you've got a fistful of pages in front of you. I do. And I will, I will share a secret with you. Okay. <laughs> With you and all of our hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners. <laughs> um, last summer, I think, was it last summer or the summer before? The summer before. Um, I needed a place to put all of that, to yeah. put that information. And yeah. also, as I'm writing... The easiest way for me to move from day to day in my writing is I like to make notes. So I'll sort of do some some pre-writing um, in that, you know, I'll, I'll write and, and say what I need to write that day. Um, and then when I'm finished writing, I do some post-writing. So I will write what I have written and where they need to go next in the story. So when right. you pick it up today, you're right there. Exactly. So what I did was I created a journal for myself. Huh. To so that I would have a place to do this writing. My God. And now you can look back at the whole thing. <gasps> look, Glory, she's holding up a writer's journal. She's holding up an actual notebook with all of her notes in it. Yes. So I created this writer's journal for me and for any other writer who needs it to do that. And so it's the big, it's, there's a subhead underneath. It says a writer's journal. I can't quite read it. Read it to me. Oh, it's a writer's journal, a system for planning and finishing your next bestseller. Nice. This is your creation. This is my creation. I had a lot of fun putting it together. Um, I wrote an introduction uh, which begins with Dorothy Parker once famously said, I hate writing. I love having written. Yeah. <laughs> I feel about exercise. 
I think we all feel that way. (laughs) But in my writer's journal, it starts off with my worksheets. And so you get my, when starting a book worksheet and a character examination worksheets. Um, I do not have my W graph, but, and then I have a page of secondary characters that you can put in. You sell this? Yes, of course. And then every page has a, an inspirational quote from a writer and you put in the date and what you've written and what you wrote and what you're writing next. And there you can even fill in little stars to say how well you did that day. Nice. <laughs> nice. And do I buy this on your website? Uh, you can. Uh, I have it available two places on Amazon and also on lulu.com because Lulu does this nice spiral binding. Spiral binding. And so you can find it on lulu.com. And how would I find it if I were on lulu.com or amazon.com? What would I search for? You can just search for my name for Meredith Bond and you'll find it. All right. And, and also it's just on called a writer's journal. It's also on your website at meredithbond.com? Of course. Of course. Gorgeous. Well, I love the idea. And you have one for each novel. This is not. um, And so at the end, you set it on the shelf next to the other ones like it. And you can look back on your entire writing process. Exactly. That's satisfying. It makes it so much easier to start writing, to get into writing, especially for people. I created it not only for myself, but um, for people who like work full time. And just write in their spare time. And they don't have a lot of time to get started, write, and finish. And and because they've got, you know, their jobs, they've got work, they've got to make dinner, whatever it is. They've got a busy life. And so this just provides everything for you right there. So five minutes to start, write what you're going to write, five minutes at the end, and you're set to go. I think that's kind of brilliant. I think that's kind of brilliant. I... I am in the exact opposite position. I don't have a job. I can't cook. (laughs) Everybody's left me. I'm all alone here. Um, So when I write, I write with great intensity. Like I I did NaNoWriMo and wrote the entire novel in 13 days. Which is amazing. I know. Once I get started, I get going. And that's so I don't you know, I don't lose track of those details because I'm writing in such a blind frenzy, but I love the idea of giving yourself the helping hand for the next time you have time to sit down and write. You don't have to panic and say, what was I doing? Exactly. I love that idea. So that's a great idea. So how many words do you write a day? Well, uh, if I'm not actually writing a book, none. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm writing a book, Let's see. I did. I have to do the math. I wrote the the last one I wrote was um, 85,000 words and I did it in in 13 days. So whatever that is. That's incredible. Wait, wait, wait. I'm pulling up my calculator. Okay. How much was it? It was 85,000 words. Words in 13 days. Divided by 13. Well, that's 6,500 words, over 6,500 words a day. Yeah. That's a lot. That's really fast. Good for me. Yay. Good for you. That product was uh, 
Ellen and the would-be gigolo, which has now been sidelined because Dash and the Moongola Mystic got sidelined. So, I mean, <laughs> how, how effective was it? Unclear. Unclear at this point. But I am just about to begin the Garden Gate, and I will probably keep track of how much time it takes me because I find it um, encouraging to, to write a lot really quickly. So I'm going to start this weekend. I'll let you know when I'm done. Yeah. We'll see if it's good or not. I must say, though, the editing process... Going through my book and taking out random vats and <laughs> using deep POVs, it is changing the way I write. I'm trying very hard to write it right the first time as opposed to as opposed to uh, the old way, which was just throw it on the page. What the hell? We'll fix it later. I write, I use Scrivener when I write. Oh, do you? Scrivener has character sheets and I do find those useful. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time yesterday on Google Images, choosing pictures of people who I thought looked like my characters. <laughs> That's so much fun. Yeah, sometimes I think it's a total time waster, right? It's ridiculous to spend 20 minutes going, that's not quite the right one. Let's keep going, right? I mean, you, <laughs> that's a rabbit hole you can go down. <laughs> but now I have these character sheets with beautiful people on them and it amuses me. Okay. <laughs> And if you need inspiration, you can always go back to them. This, I'm, I'm now holding up a picture of, of my son, <gasps> who's the inspiration. This is this is the boy in my story. That's adorable. He's, he's not on, he's not on Google Images. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful blonde boy. Beautiful blonde busy boy. That's what he was. So we'll see. Like we'll see if I can make him as entertaining on a page as he was when he was four and is now, but slightly different <sighs> process. Um, process. Okay. So, so how, how quickly do you write? Um, I normally write between 1500 and 2,500 words a day mm-hmm. um, this week, because I've been writing all day. I've been writing about 3,600 words a day. But there's no, um, I'm just thinking of anybody listening might say, I'm a failure. I write four, 500 words a day. And that's simply wrong. There's exactly. no, there's virtually no value to the word count, except that it is another step on the way to finishing. Right. Right. It's, and some people just, some people think more and write more slowly and more carefully as they write. And so, yeah, for some, but some people, 200 words a day is a great day. Right. And that that's totally fine. That totally works. If it works for you, it works. Um, And the emotional process, I'm just thinking of the emotional process of writing a book as well. Is very is very challenging. Well, is, not silencing your inner critic. Right. Silencing your inner critic. And I'm just thinking of a good friend of mine who um, every single book she wrote, she started off with such enthusiasm, <laughs> loving every word she wrote, loving every bit about her story. And every single book she wrote as she reached the middle or just past the middle of the book would have a complete meltdown. And 
would call me up in hysterical tears, crying, this isn't going to work. This is the worst thing I've ever written. I hate this book. Oh, oh my God, what, why am I raising, even doing this? And oh. it happened, she did this five books. She did this and she's just a total complete meltdown in the middle of every single book. Poor sweetie. And then she would pick herself up and move forward and love it again by the end of it. But, right. Right. but her process was to have this emotional meltdown in the middle of every book. It was so interesting. It's that's, it is interesting. And is that, that's the inner critic coming yeah. to the fore. Exactly. Even you can't quite do it. Yeah. Or you shouldn't even try. That's the hardest, maybe the hardest part comes from inside you. We are yeah. our own biggest obstacles. Absolutely. So it's curious to me that your, your solution to that is fatigue. I mean, emotional intellectual, physical, right? After you exercise, maybe you're tired enough that you can keep going. Yeah. And if I run into a snag, if I don't know what's going to happen next, I will go outside for a walk. And yeah, I've heard clear a lot. my mind. You know, I have a quote on my wall. Wait a minute. I'm going to read it to you. Wait a minute. The annals of discovery are rife with tales of a brilliant insight during a walk or a vacation. Or a long ride, oh, only time, no, 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 open time, lets the creative spirit flourish, tight schedules, kill it. Ah, yeah. That's nice. That is nice. Who said that? Uh, a man named David Goleman, uh, and the, the attribution is called focus. Mm. So, open time, lets the creative spirit flourish, tight schedules, kill it. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of crap written on my walls. <laughs> um, let's let's talk very briefly about pantsing versus plotting. Oh, pantsing, sure. Do you write by the seat of your pants? Plotting, meaning do you plot it all out before you start? Right. I began as a pantser. I began just writing. Oh, my characters will tell me where we need to go. <laughs> But the more I learned about how to create a romance, the more I realized that framework for a romance was more valuable to me if I plotted. So now I'm a plotter. And you can do both. You can, yeah. you, you can plants it. <laughs> plants it. <laughs> you can be a planter. <laughs> um, so... Uh, there are, you know, it, it's a continuum between plotter and pantser, and you don't have to be at one extreme or the other. Um, so maybe what you want to try, if you want, uh, is just to a, a true middle of the road person would have a general idea of who their characters are and write out those four turning points. And then just start writing. See what happens. And see what happens. So you have a goal. You know where you're going to. Um, and it's not just the end of the book. You've got way stations along the road right. that you have to go to. But how you get there 
can be really creative and really interesting. You know, I think I think that's I think that's fascinating. My original um, method was I could see key scenes, mm-hmm. and I thought of them as the top of a mountain range, and there's clouds in between. So I, uh-huh. I, I here's the first one, and here's the second one. How was I going to get between them? Was hidden at the moment, right? Uh, and I I still have key scenes in my brain, but now I know the path. Right. I insist path. In fact. My next step will be to write on um, scribble on a piece of paper. It says chapter one, this happens, chapter two, this happens. So I'm, I think I'm, I'm sinking myself deep into the, into the plotting. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I feel more comfortable that way, knowing exactly what's going to be, what's going to happen. And that way I can f- make sure that I have foreshadowing and, and building properly up to things. I don't, trust myself enough or my, I don't know. I tried pantsing once and, and it just didn't work for me. My brain just doesn't work that way. Going in weird directions. I just learned this week, I'm working with um, the Romance Writers of America. I'm a volunteer on a committee about how to get from your, your first idea to your first draft. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> they were, we were talking about how do we il- illustrate Pantsing versus plotting to people who were new to the to the field. Uh-huh. And they said, well, go and interview an author who is a pantser. I said, I don't know any pantsers. They said, oh, Jennifer Cruzy is a pantser. I, Jennifer Cruzy is like one of my idols. I adore Jennifer Cruzy's work. And I said, what do you mean go and interview her? And they said, we'll give you her email. You can talk. I'm like, what? Jennifer Cruzy is wonderful. She's so sweet. You will love her when you speak to her. She's come to the retreat a number of times from the W Washington Romance Writers. So I've met her. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about this opportunity. I'm also excited because she's just she writes really good books. She does. She's a pants. She's a she's a pantser. She's writing them all by the seat of her pants. That's impossible. Need to find out how she does it. I am inspired by several things you've said today, Meredith, but most of all, I'm inspired by this concept that you, that the process is easier if you can first calm your inner critic. That's Mm -hmm. revolutionary to me. That's really, really valuable to me. That's awesome. Awesome. What are we talking about next week? Is it genre and genre expectations? Yes, it is. As a matter of fact. Ah, that's a good one to talk about. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Good. Good. I I don't know if any of our listeners are not romance writers. It would be amazing to find out. So if you are listening to this podcast, tell us what genre you write. We are dying to know. We are dying to know. I like the phrase, if you're listening to this podcast. If you're not listening to this podcast, Screw it. Forget it. <laughs> then if you're not listening to their po- this podcast, then we're not interested in what genre you write. <laughs> you're forbidden. You're forbidden to take part. <laughs> okay, so the point is, would you please, darling listener who we adore, go to the writer's block party podcast.com where you will find a place to leave a comment. And all you have to do is write romance, fiction, uh, Mystery. Textbooks. Right. Whatever it is you're writing. Mystery, science fiction, fantasy, horror, whatever Whatever you want to call it. Right. Whatever it is. 
please tell us. Please tell us. We would love to know. That way we can talk about it next week. We can talk about it next week. They're going to forget. They're going to forget because they're on the treadmill. They're driving in the car. They don't have access right now. And they're going to forget. I'm going to assume they love us, but they're going to forget. No one will ever actually do it. Except maybe Glory, who's glorious about responding. Leaving us believe we only have one listener who we adore. <laughs> the Writer's Block Party Podcast.com. You can remember that. Um, we will course, put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes, which you won't look at because you're on the treadmill or driving in the car. Um, <laughs> you can rank us on Amazon and oh, yeah. not Amazon. That's not right. Who does our podcast? Everybody. Apple. Spotify, Apple, Apple. Not Spotify. Everybody but Spotify. <laughs> the only one I ever remember, but I get my podcast from Apple. So I you think I'd be able to say that. All right. We love you, listener. We love we you do. very much. And we really hope to hear from you to tell us what genre you write so we can talk about it. We would like that very much. All right, Meredith Bond, go back to Austria. Be international and groovy. I'm going (laughs) to sit here in Northern Virginia and look at half an inch of icy snow. (gasps) Yeah, you guys are going to get more snow too. Virginia is? I think so. I'm getting my weather updates from Austria. (laughs) Because I still read the Washington Post. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Meredith, as always. Thanks, Prue. Bye. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.